0: There is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. And anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view, in my judgment, are highly unlikely to ever be elected president of the United States. Uh, first, let me just say that, uh, no, I didn't say that. anyone seeking the presidency, who thinks that the Constitution could somehow be suspended or not followed, it seems to me would have a very hard time being sworn in uh, as President of the United States. We ended up having a candidate quality time. Anybody remember? We mentioned that back in August. Look at Arizona, look at New Hampshire, and a challenging situation in Georgia as well. And I do think we have an opportunity to relearn one more time. You have to have quality candidates to win competitive center race. Hopefully in the next uh, cycle, we'll have quality candidates everywhere and a better outcome. Making sure the Defense Department can deal <clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the th- challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. So admittedly, I'm pretty pr- proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate. We were able to achieve through this omnibus
2: spending bill essentially all of our priorities. What a month or so it's been for the uh, Republican leader in the Senate, that's Mitch McConnell. Some, uh, some comments he's made over the last several weeks about how Donald Trump is disqualified, they just didn't have good Republican candidates because of Donald Trump. And then this omnibus spending package. I mean, the, Dem- the Democrats have total control. The White House, the House of Representatives, the Senate, and yet, says McConnell, we Republicans, we got everything we wanted. No wonder he's happy to lose control of the Senate. No wonder he's happy to dismiss the MAGA Republicans. As long as he can get everything he wants, even with the Democrats in total control, he's a happy man. Peter Strzok and company, they, they, they just must be beaming at the moment at this kind of, this is what passes for leadership In the Republican Party, it's pretty amazing to see this play out. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our growing audience. The cold front moves in. Time to put on a few extra layers. Coming back to our growing audience, let's not get distracted here. You can get to the live video stream of our program at our website, thetrumpet.com. That's thetrumpet.com. Go to forward slash live And you can see the live stream every weekday morning at 11 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States. Of course, you can get our podcast posted at the website as well. Again, that's thetrumpet.com. So he says there that, uh, among other things, that Ukraine is the number one priority for Republicans. This evidently is what your ordinary Americans are thinking. If they're on the Republican side... Here's their leadership speaking for those who voted for them, right? The number one priority is Ukraine. Well, no wonder he wanted to push the omnibus spending package right on through. Because in this package, they actually added $7 billion to Ukraine above what Joe Biden even asked for. I think Biden asked for like $37 billion going into next year. And Mitch McConnell and company said, hey, Not 37 billion. Let's make it 44. Can you believe this? How much money is going to the southern border crisis? Nothing. And, of course, all of the the usual watchdogs coming out and saying, hey, we've looked at some of the fine print. There's 200 million going over here to this woke policy, 500 million going over here to this woke policy. So much pork barrel spending, and Mitch McConnell could not be happier. He's ecstatic. He got everything he wanted, even though the Democrats control the White House, they control the House, and they control the Senate. As Mark Levin tweeted out, McConnell's idea, this is the same Mitch McConnell as you saw in that montage. He's calling for quality candidates. That's why, that's why they can't win elections. It's because of Trump's influence. We just need quality candidates. It says in this tweet, Mark Levin, McConnell's idea of quality candidates are those who vote with him in order to bankrupt the nation and throw billions at every D.C. special interest imaginable. No wonder he hates conservatives and prefers working with Pelosi. There's a lot of Republicans just like him. They hate conservatives and they love them some Nancy Pelosi. They love working with the radical Democrats. You just heard him. He got everything he wanted. It's like it's a victory for him. $1.7 trillion of which $1.1 trillion is added to the national deficit or, or the national debt. Just tack on another $1.1 trillion. What at this point, says Hillary Clinton, what difference does it make? unbelievable this is what happens when great empires are collapsing this is what happened in the final days of rome raid the treasury here they're making the big fuss yet another big bombshell donald trump's tax returns how about if we take a look at pelosi's tax returns you know the ones that go off to congress maybe being worth two three million they leave being worth 300 million now, now, examining the tax returns of those people over the they're just public servants, right? Donald Trump's not a career politician. But we've got to examine every line of his tax returns to make sure we can find something to send him to prison for. But not Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Mitt Romney. Or, or certainly not the Biden family or Obama. How much is Obama worth? Where did they get all their money there's sellouts, all of them. The uniparty, the establishment. You think about some of the, the parallels here. These rhino, this is what, as I say, this is what passes for leadership in uh, the Republican Party. In Malachi's message, we talk about how the, these Laodicean lukewarm ministers, you know, the ones that should have been leading the church in that critical transition period after Mr. Armstrong's death, You know, when you had quality leadership in God's church, you had a rock-solid spiritual foundation. And then all of these corrupt and lawless ministers who wanted to change everything that Mr. Armstrong had established, all the doctrines, all the programs, everything, discontinue things, collect the money for themselves. They lied to God's people. To try to, to try to get them to swallow all of these doctrinal changes back in the 1980s and the 1990s. It's just a disgusting attitude. God looks at it and just, he considers it to be abominable what those people got away with. You think about, uh, again, the weak leadership. You look at the list of those senators that already voted, voted to push it on through. Hopefully the House will put an end to it, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, some of these weak Republicans, you expect Murkowski, you expect um, you, uh, Romney, of course, Mc- McConnell to be right in step with Pelosi. But then you, you look at the list of Republicans that also voted for this monstrosity to go through. Grassley from Iowa and Tuberville, I think he's, a, he's from Alabama. And then Tom Cotton from Arkansas. Marco Rubio. Well, he just secured his re-election not too long ago, so I guess it's fine now to side with Nancy Pelosi. This, this spending package, this, uh, this omnibus bill, it gives $537 million more to the FBI. The FBI gets a half-billion-dollar raise after all of these Twitter revelations. Here's what your Republican senators want to give the FBI. More money so they can can persecute more Trump supporters. We've got to expand that January 6th investigation after all. As I say, the parallels with what happened in the Worldwide Church of God. Lying, deceit, lining their pockets. This is from Malachi's message. My father says the WCG leaders have been working with the Protestant group since 1989. This, this cult watchdog group, trying to remove the WCG's cult status. So as my father brings out in, in Malachi's message, that's probably up here on the desk somewhere, but if you don't have a copy, make sure that you request your free copy. There's no cost, no obligation. The 800 number, one 930 3024 And in this book, Malachi's message, my father talks about how that these WCG ministers were working behind the scenes with these cult experts, trying to get the cult label removed from the Worldwide Church of God, even as they were then going out to their own members, their own supporters, and lying and saying, look, nothing's changing. We've just made a few tweaks here and there. Like I say, you see a lot of that among Republicans. When they're on to campaign for their next next term as senator, I mean, they say all the right things, don't they, Marco Rubio? And then the $1.7 trillion omnibus comes through. It's right at the very last, right before their Christmas holiday. And the pressure, the intense pressure, you better vote on this. You better get in the Christmas spirit and vote on this before you leave. Before those Republicans, those dirty, smelly Republicans take over the House in January. That's why they created this monstrosity under the cover of darkness. Nobody saw it. Just Just a few... Just a few insiders working with two outgoing Democrat senators to try to ramrod this through. We saw a lot of this kind of strategy, if you can call it that. It's demonic. We saw a lot of it with God's church back in the 80s and 90s. It says the Expositor Group, this is the group that once viewed the worldwide church as a cult, and then the Laodicean ministers tried to cozy up to that organization. We've got to to befriend those people that, 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 have been, that have been calling us a cult, we've got to reach out to them and then tell our members nothing's changing. They did that for years. And that's fully exposed in Raising the Ruins, by the way. That's another book you can request from our operators. The expositor group sees that the WCG leaders have virtually destroyed the foundation of all that Mr. Armstrong taught. So there's these cult-watching groups at the time, late 80s, early 90s, that were applauding what was happening in the Worldwide Church of God. Hey, they're, they're destroying that old foundation that, that Herbert Armstrong built. Herbert Armstrong, bad. All these new ministers, good. And then, as I say, they went and lied to their own members, those Laodicean ministers. My father says, how many of the WCG members even see this? How many of them see what's going on? Michael Snyder told Watchman Fellowship the following, I respectfully submit to you that if Watchman Fellowship wants to help the Worldwide Church of God grow in grace and knowledge, then it can do so by printing up-to-date information. And then my father says, Michael Snyder is asking this organization that believes Mr. Armstrong was a lying false prophet to help the Worldwide Church of God grow in grace and knowledge. How utterly condemning. No wonder God spews them out of his mouth. Incredibly, in the midst of this doctrinal turmoil, the Worldwide Church of God now considers it to be a misrepresentation to quote its founder, Herbert W. Armstrong, as spokesman for beliefs of its current leadership. That's a quote. My father says, do you believe those words? What a shocking betrayal. Mr. Armstrong can no longer be quoted as a spokesman for the WCG. The Watchman Expositor sees that. Do the WCG members see it? Do Republicans across the country, do they see what's going on? Well, who knows? We'll, we'll probably learn more in the weeks ahead. So much is being exposed. But these Republicans, they go to their constituents. They say, hey, we're, uh, we're in this to serve. And then they go back to Washington. They get reelected. And they start talking about the bad orange man and how that they're, they're going to really work with Nancy Pelosi they're really serious about sitting down with Joe Bama. Well, there's a few exceptions. Thankfully, there's a few that will speak out, that will speak the truth. A few in addition to Donald Trump. And by the way, on his tax returns, do you think any of the, the commentary on that will point out that over the past four years or the four years of his term as president, he never took a salary? He, he gave it back to the U.S. government. He, he turned it back into the Treasury. Has Nancy Pelosi ever done that? Seems like they're voting every other year to give themselves a raise. James Comer, he's about to head up one of the intel committees in the House, a Republican from Kentucky. Listen to what he said on Maria. As I say, they just voted, these senators, To give the FBI a half billion dollar raise, not to curtail spending on the FBI, which is a rogue organization, not even rogue. It's just Obama's, it's Obama's authoritarian police force. This is how they're able to, 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 to build a police state through agencies such as this. This is how Obama's been able to do it. Here's James Comer on with Maria Bartiromo talking about the Twitter file revelations and how this is not the time to be adding spending to the FBI, clip eight.
1: In the beginning, I thought that there were probably two or three rogue employees who were orchestrating this cover-up of the Hunter Biden laptop story. But now we know the FBI had a division. Of at least 80 agents. We also know that the FBI paid Twitter over $3 million for their time, all the time they took over the past couple of years in telling them who to suppress, uh, who to ban. You know, it's just things that the government has no role in. The FBI was never granted the authority to create any type of disinformation task force that uh, police the social media sites. Now, this we know with Twitter. We've heard similar stories from Zuckerberg. Who knows what went on at YouTube and Google? This is an agency that's out of control, and the most frustrating thing for me right now, Maria, is the fact that in this omnibus bill, there's increased funding for the FBI plus a one, a $1.75 billion Headquarters facility for the FBI. We need to halt everything with the FBI all funding until they come forward and explain to Congress exactly what they were doing why they were doing it and who gave them the authority to do it.
2: Here's the FBI. Caught red handed suppressing the truth spreading disinformation and lies. And what does the leadership in Congress do? We'll give them a, a give him a 1.7 billion for a new headquarters. Give them 500 million more for their annual budget. Why not? Tom Cotton is, is on board with this? Seriously? I guess so. Listen to Maria Bartiromo's reaction to what you just heard there. This is clip nine.
0: That is just extraordinary that there is all of that money earmarked for the FBI, despite all of this wrongdoing and evidence of collusion. I don't know why your colleagues in the Senate are going along with this omnibus bill, weakening you right before you take the gavel.
2: It's just the way it's been for for years now. All of this wrongdoing and, and evil lawlessness, and you get rewarded for it. You see, that's how it works in the deep state. Donald Trump comes along and wants to expose that and fight against it, all that corruption. And what do they do to him? Well, you've seen it. It's been interference and resistance from day one, since the day he came down the escalator in 2015, nonstop. Now they're on to the tax returns. Just the other day, it's the all these criminal referrals. That was, what, Monday? And now here we are at Wednesday, the tax returns, and then every other day, And meanwhile, these treasonous actors, they're being exposed every single day. Well, they've been exposed in America under attack. Again, we refer refer to this, if not every day, every other day. We've got to keep up with the lawlessness that we see going on day by day here in the United States. It's all over the world. I mean, the world is about to explode in violence. But the United States, as I played for you yesterday from Tucker and others, I mean, you could hardly recognize this country. Just, just comparing it to four or five years ago, Satan's been cast down. His demon army's been cast down to this earth. They're confined to this earth. and Look at what they're doing. Well, God has something to say about that. Let me just finish off with one more uh, clip from James Comer. This is clip 10.
1: To think that as we speak, the Senate's sitting here giving them more money for the next 12 months, tying our hands and our ability to get the FBI in front of the committee. You know, One way we could get the FBI in front of the committee really quickly is say, we're not giving you a penny until you all come down here and explain to us what this task force was, why you told Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story when you knew darn well it was true. And the, the Senate is, is counter to everything that we're trying to do in the House from an oversight standpoint right now, especially with respect to the FBI.
2: Here I mean he's right. Use some use some of your authority and you'll get those FBI representatives to show up for committee hearings. For sure you will. No, we're not gonna fund you until you tell us where where those fifty-one Intel agents, former Intel agents, where they where they got their information that this was absolutely Russian disinformation, the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, think about All that has been exposed. Think about all that is happening in the country with inflation, the the open southern border, crime in the cities. And then McConnell gets up there and says that Ukraine is the top priority? Ukraine? And and don't get me wrong, you you probably read more about Ukraine at our website than you do at most news sites. It's a significant development, a, a significant story for sure. But they're using this as cover. So that they can continue to spend, 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 and do nothing about the problems that Americans are facing right now at home. $37 billion, that's all we want, says Biden. McConnell and Pelosi say, how about if we give you $44 billion? Okay, everybody's happy. We got everything we wanted, says McConnell. Everything he wanted? This is outrageous. No wonder his approval rating is below double digits how does he how does he win reelection forget about rubio he's there he's not going away he's a ruthless leader and those that work with him know it only a few are willing to stand up to him listen to Rand paul as he talks about this omnibus spending package clip six
3: 1.1 trillion dollars in new debt or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win, it's a big win, we're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt, the process stinks, it's an abomination. It's a no-good, rotten way to run your government.
2: It's an abomination. Good word for him to use there. You know, it's interesting. He's pointing out how the Republicans are cheering because, well, hey, it's, uh, there's a lot of pork barrel spending here, but we got the $45 billion for our military. 45000000000 billion? Isn't that about the same we're sending to Ukraine? So the Ukraine military, that's assuming all $44 billion are going to the military. But we'll let, let that go for a moment. But the Ukraine spending is on the same level as the U.S. military? Seriously? That's right. That's a, a tremendous victory. We got everything we wanted, says McConnell. He couldn't be happier. The deep state is ecstatic as well. The military-industrial complex, they're ecstatic. Joe Obama, all of them. Let's ram it through before those dirty, smelly House Republicans get control. And we've got everything set for next year. Well, Kevin McCarthy sounds like he's going to try to resist, but the, the leadership over on the House side of things is not that much stronger than what you see in the Senate. There's a few, like James Comer, that seem like they're ready to, to do some things, to investigate all this corruption, to follow through, and to hold people accountable. Look at what's being revealed every, every day almost. Uh, yesterday, Twitter Files 8.0 comes out, and we learn that now the Pentagon, not just the FBI, not just DHS, the Pentagon too. So the U.S. military establishment working right together with Twitter To spread propaganda. We know about the propaganda that the FBI was coordinating across the land domestically. But yesterday we learned about uh, the propaganda that the military, the U.S. military, spread abroad. And of course the big story here, and you won't hear this anywhere else. No one on conservative media is going to point this out. The only one who did is Sundance over at conservative treehouse. The big story and all those revelations yesterday, this was put together by Lee Fang at The Intercept. So he has the the Twitter uh, thread that he produced yesterday. He pointed to his article at The Intercept, and it goes through this history of all of these cozy relations between the Pentagon and Twitter and how that Twitter was, just like with the FBI, quite happy to comply. There are a lot of these fake accounts that were were meant to... fake accounts run by the Pentagon that were meant to spread propaganda that Twitter knew about and that Twitter just left on board. Go ahead, use our platform to spread propaganda. Now, an American might say, well, I mean, at least in that case, it's uh, it's no different than what the Russians try to do with those platforms, what the Chinese try to do, so the Americans have to compete. The problem is Twitter's policies state that they're not going to let any fake accounts spread propaganda, including coming from the United States. But now we know. You had the Pentagon calling up and saying, hey, would you whitelist these groups? They're fake. We'll admit that they're fake, but but, but they need a whitelist. In other words, they need all the benefits that a blue check would get, and uh, they can't be threatened with being pulled off the platform because, hey, we're trying to spread, we're trying to counter all the disinformation that's spread by Russia, China, and so on. But the big reveal, the big reveal, as brought out by Sundance, is that Lee Fang's piece really just analyzes and examines the relationship between the Pentagon from 2017 to today. They won't go back any earlier than 2017. Now, why is that? Well, because that's when you get to Barack Hussein Obama. And that's really where so much of this started. Hey, we can use Twitter and Facebook to spread propaganda abroad. This is from Sundance. It says, in release number eight, the basic outline is showing how the U.S. Department of Defense and the U.S. State Department work with the social media platforms to amplify messaging and create specifically anonymous government accounts intended to spread propaganda globally. The government then asks the platform, engineering side, to boost the messaging of the government accounts and to use the internal tools to promote government users. Essentially, social media propaganda. So it's the same story as with the FBI here at home. This was just what was going out abroad, overseas. It says, unfortunately, as admitted by Twitter file number eight author Lee Fang, a writer for The Intercept, he says, the searches were carried out by a Twitter attorney, so what I saw could be limited. I mean, even the author admits this, this may not be the, the whole story. Okay, I had to rely upon one of the attorneys at Twitter to just kind of sift through things and turn it over to me. I don't know if I got everything, but furthermore... As Sundance discerns, just look at the dates in this story. And it's, as you would expect, if you're going to protect the dear leader, it's from 2017 to today. You can't go to 2016. You can't go to 2010 or 11 when the Arab Spring was in full motion. I mean, you read through Sundance's piece and you pretty much conclude that were it not for propaganda on social media, the Arab Spring never could have happened. It's amazing. Obama knew how to use these platforms. And you can be sure that when you're using Twitter to spread propaganda from 2009 to 2016, that propaganda is going to be anti American as opposed to someone that was in the White House at that time twisting the arm of Twitter, but who was a real patriot and who put America first. We didn't have that from 2009 to 2016. So when you're spreading the propaganda abroad, you're doing it through the view lens of Barack Hussein Obama. It says here, Twitter is trying to protect President Obama because beyond the ideological alignment the monopolistic social media system, a partnership between the U.S. government and big tech was essentially designed as a purposeful oligarchical system. As long as each platform oligarch retains the code of Omoretta, the system survives. It says, within that design, if any any one oligarch turns against the group interest, he, she becomes a target of the system. Remaining in alignment with the group is why Twitter lawyers carefully filtered out the trail to former President Barack Obama The one is always protected. He has one capitalized. This is the dear leader. Look, you can expose the corruption only to a point. But as we've noted on this program, all roads lead to Barack Obama. He's the Antiochus. You can't complete telling this story unless you get to the root cause. Now, as Tucker's been pointing out, In some of his recent programs, there's corruption in the deep state that certainly predates Obama's arrival in 2009. But that being said, even all of those those agencies established after 9-11, like DHS, that were legitimately, in most cases, used to target terrorists abroad, he took those agencies and weaponized them in a way that would attack Americans at home that would spy on Americans, that would persecute political opponents. It's just like anything you'd see in a communist dictatorship. It says here the release, this is Sundance, the release is so over the top obvious in its intent to protect the Obama legacy that the nature of the DOD, DOS admissions within it become almost secondary. Twitter is trying to protect Barack Obama. It's a fairly long post, and I just want you to stay with me on this because as he continues, he goes and shows how that using this propaganda tool uh, abroad, how there's so many stark similarities between how that the FBI has used it here in America Sundance says the ideological interests between the 2010 and 11 Arab Spring uprising were the same ideological interests behind the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests uprising. Look, social media was used in, by the FBI in, in 2020 to, to help fuel the protests. Look, so much of the burning and the looting, it's all coordinated through social media. And Twitter wasn't there tamping it down. They were ramping it up, George Floyd. we got to burn down Minneapolis. And, And a number of other cities at that. Same ideological interest, he says. In 2010, the Brotherhood tore down statues and symbols they identified as culturally oppressive to their political views. Remember that? In 2020, BLM tore down statues and symbols they identified as oppressive to their political views. We remember that. He says, in 2010, the Brotherhood burned books, destroyed history, and removed their cultural opposition by force. In 2020, BLM promoted burning books, destroying history, and canceling their cultural opposition by force. That that continues. I mean, they just dug up a grave, I think it was in Richmond, of uh, a Confederate officer or general. A grave! They're pulling up his bones! And you've got all of these city workers. Uh, Must have been 10, 15 of them. And you're thinking, are there not Potholes or, or dangerous curves on roads somewhere that, that, that maybe they could be more useful in helping the city, the residents of, of Richmond. But there they are digging up a grave of someone who died, I guess, 150 years ago. We got to do it because you know people are losing sleep over these monuments. It's the same ideological, um, the same ideological focus in both cases, and then you add to that some of the other attacks. And we've covered that recently on the program with the cover-ups spreading the propaganda in the lead up to 2020. The election, that is. But all this was happening in 2020 as well. Look at the way the 2020 riots were treated compared to the January 6th protest. Totally different. People in the summer of love were just given a little slap on the wrist. And they're still going after Jan 6 protesters two years on. Still! The FBI is about to get a half-billion-dollar raise. It says here, in 2010, the Brotherhood used social media. See, Barack Obama's platform, his propaganda platform, when, when using it through the Department of Defense, he, he's using it to empower radical Islam because that fits right within his ideological focus. Empower Islam. Let's get rid of Mubarak. I mean, the U.S. had been close to Mubarak for years. Mubarak had made peace with Israel, or at least his predecessor did, and Mubarak continued. But no, Obama gets in there. We've got to topple that government. And uh, we're going to use social media to really help the protesters, the ones who are pro-democracy, not the uprising in Iran. No, we want to side with the mullahs there. So let's not, do anything, let's not do anything with the platforms over there. Let's focus on Egypt. That was 2010 and 11. It says here, in 2010, the Brotherhood attacked the police and framed their Islamist movement as oppressed by law enforcement. We're being oppressed. Sound familiar? In 2020, BLM attacked the police and framed their movement as oppressed by law enforcement. So much so that we've got to defund the police, right? We're being oppressed. Every single cop in the United States is killing a black person. That was the narrative. And that was spread through social media says here, in 2010, the Brotherhood destroyed the notions of secularism and viciously attacked any form of Christianity, including burning churches. In 2020, BLM advocated against secularism and viciously attacked Christianity, including the burning of churches, while conspicuously never criticizing any element of Islam. This is all falling neatly within Barack Obama's worldview, for sure. You're not going to hear this on conservative media. They should be talking about it. Mitch McConnell should be talking. Instead, he's talking about Ukraine. Ukraine, we got everything we wanted. America, don't you worry. We're addressing every single one of your concerns. And the top on the list is Ukraine. We gave them more than, than Joe Biden asked for. So proud of themselves. So happy to be, to be working with these radical Democrats, these communists that are destroying the nation. So happy Back to Sundance, it says, in 2020, the approach of the BLM movement appeared very strategic as they also hoodwinked a multitude of supporters, voters, and even corporations by defining their victim class and role. Donations to the BLM group funded Joe Biden, much like the 2010 Brotherhood approach. Grievances were made personal. Bonds between families and friends are severed by force and demands to adhere to the movement's ideology. Now look at the severity of what policies are being advanced, and on and on it goes. This is just simply looking at the the Arab Spring, the so-called Spring movement, and the Black Lives Matter movement of the summer of 2020, and then flowing right out from that. Here you've got the deep state working in earnest to get ahead of the New York Post revelation of, of, of Hunter Biden's laptop. They cover up that truth. Still there hasn't been one of those 51 intel agents they all they all signed off said it was russian disinformation there's not one republican standing up in congress saying we want them to answer for that how did they conclude that it was russian disinformation when it wasn't what was their evidence what were they basing it on not one republican will speak out instead they get up and say we got all that we wanted this is a victory This is a victory. And the number one priority for Republicans, so says Mitch McConnell, is Ukraine. Ukraine, does that accurately reflect the way ordinary Americans are thinking all across the United States? Of course not. But the hoax, the fake news, the fake leadership, really, the self-serving interests of these leaders, these politicians in D.C., that's what's put. That's what they put first. Really sad to see. This is uh, from Kamala Harris. She was talking. This is before yesterday's revelations. But she was on with NPR. Notice how the MP- the NPR reporter uh, sets up this question. You know, she basically before you even hear this next statement, the NPR reporter says, "I asked Kamala if she, because of Elon Musk, if she's planning to uh, to uh, to leave Twitter." And then she says she she didn't really answer that, but here's what she did say. This is clip three.
4: She mentioned her work on the Senate Intelligence Committee and its investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election and the spread of misinformation online. When I see how social media is used in that way, it causes me a very deep level of concern as someone who has a, a responsibility and a first priority to 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 consider and protect our nation's security including the security of our democracy so what i would say about any social media site is this i would i fully expect and would require that leaders in that sector cooperate and work with us who are concerned about national security concerned about upholding and protecting our democracy to do everything in their power to ensure that there is not a manipulation um, that is allowed um, or overlooked that is, is done with the intention of upending the security of our democracy and our nation. Those are the things that concern me most of all.
2: This just blows my mind. Here they've been exposed for colluding with big tech to rig the election of 2020. And she goes back and very seriously refers to the 2016 election and the Russians. Remember that? Russia, 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 spreading all that disinformation. And so then she tells us NPR. NPR, of course, they're from the communist wing as well. Then she tells NPR, I... Vice President Harris fully expect and would require that leaders of big, tep, of big tech would cooperate with us, with us, the radical Democrats, to stop the spread of misinformation, to, to stop the spread of lies. So basically, of course, of course the FBI and Twitter should have a very close relationship. I mean, we've got to stop the spread of the Hunter Laptop. We've got to stop the spread of anyone who would say that the 2020 election was rigged. This is unbelievable. Even when they're caught red-handed, they say, well, that's exactly what you would expect, right? Of course you want Twitter execs working with the deep state. Of course you want Twitter and Facebook and Google working with us. With us, by that they mean the communist left. But certainly not... Elon Musk now owns it, so that does present a little bit of a problem for them. This is why the NPR lady says, are you going to leave Twitter? I mean, if, you can't, if they won't work with us, then I guess the only option is to leave the platform. Listen to Jerry Nadler. This is from, what, 2018. So this is, this is when a lot of conservatives were crying foul, saying, look, they're censoring us. And here, here's what he had to say. Just just four years ago, clip four. The notion that social media companies are filtering out conservative voices is a hoax. A tired narrative of imagined victimhood as the rest of the country grapples with a feckless president and an out-of-control administration. The majority designed this hearing to perpetuate that hoax. The notion that these big tech companies were filtering out conservatives is a hoax, says the hoaxster. Whatever they're projecting, you can be sure... It's exactly what they're guilty of. Uh, You've now been exposed as colluding with big tech. What do you have to say for yourself? That's the way any honest reporter would have worded it. Instead, I asked her if she was going to leave the platform. She did have some interesting comments to say about the misinformation in 2016. That's the Barack Obama talking points. That's exactly what you would expect. An Obama acolyte to say. In fact, In fact, President Trump, he pretty much lays out exactly what has been happening with all of these revelations. Listen to what he said in a recent uh, uh, audio or telephone interview, clip seven.
3: I'm just telling you, the country can't believe what they're seeing. And Elon Musk did a big service when he released all of this stuff because our country is corrupt, our elections are corrupt. We have a very sad and sick country but we have a very corrupt country. Who would have ever thought we would have seen the FBI putting their hand on the election? Not only putting their hand on, but you saw the poll companies come out. Could have made a 20-point difference. Now, you know, without it, I won this election. But with it, it's, it's you know, 20 points. You're talking about millions and millions and millions of votes. And I think if they add it all up, 32,000 votes, even by their count, 32,000 is what you needed. This The pollsters said this would have had a many millions
2: of votes difference.
3: So they rigged the election. What it's a, unbelievable. Uh, and uh, people uh, now see it. People now agree right? to that.
2: People see it. People see it. And yet the other side continues to lie, as you're seeing from some of these clips. You know, another side to this story that you're not going to hear anywhere else, is, unless you've read America Under Attack or, or you followed this program, he, he, the president there, said that uh, Elon Musk is doing a big service by releasing this information. But, you know, he's releasing this information through journalists who come from the left wing. They're a little more honest, certainly more honest than the, the, the proud communists that just lie to your face. But they're still coming out from... Those, those that swooned before Barack Obama. Remember that section in AUA? I forget the name. Hastings was his name back in 2012, 2013. He talked about the impact that Obama, just his mere presence, his aura, how much it just made people swoon before him. And then he says, yeah, even I, I did it myself. I mean, I'd throw him these softball questions. And uh and you know, didn't really press him on anything. This is one reason why Barack Obama is so arrogant because he's never been he's never been held to account. He's never had a reporter really press him on the truth of a matter. They're just all so quick to give in. I mean, look at this White House spokes lady. She's up there. It's every day. I, one person said she she has. She has less credibility than Baghdad Bob from back in the early 1990s who was just out there on live TV telling lies. She's she's telling a whopper every day. Elon Musk, he can't give this... Think about if if he gave these Twitter files to Amanda Devine or Julie Kelly or someone from the conservative side, just how much more hard-hitting these revelations would be. As it is, it's, uh, it's Barry Weiss... She, she's worked at the New York Times. You have Matt Taibbi, he worked for Rolling Stone. The, the one from yesterday, uh, Lee Fang, he writes for The Intercept. The Intercept has gotten so bad in recent years that even Glenn Greenwald, you sometimes see him on Fox. I mean, he's taken a little bit more of a conservative turn, but he used to work for The Guardian, I believe. Then he started The Intercept. He had to leave The Intercept because it was going so far to the left. The, the, the point of it is, these journalists, even though there's a little bit of credibility in what they're producing now, you can see why Lee Fang would go back and say, yeah, I'd love to look at these Twitter files, but let's only go back to 2017, shall we? And the reason for that is they, they not only have to cover for Obama's tracks, like Sundance brings out, they're covering their own tracks. These are swooners. These are Obama lovers. They're all guilty for promoting Antiochus, for helping to fundamentally transform the United States. Sam found this from 2013. This is Lee Fang, who gave us the big reveal yesterday. Li Fang wrote in 2013. It, this was a field guide to the resurgent right. I mean, he saw some things with the Tea Party and all that. It really disturbed him, Li Fang. So he wanted to produce a field guide to help you, to help you understand the dangers coming from the far right. He says here, Before Barack Obama had even taken the oath of office after his historic victory, cadres of lobbyists, political hacks, oil tycoons, and right-wing politicians met to plan his political demise. Wow. So there's all these forces aligned against Barack Obama that wanted to destroy him? Really? How does this, in hindsight... How does this alarmist approach come across today? Given what they've done to destroy Donald, today it's tax returns. Did, did we ever get to see Barack Obama's tax returns? Was there ever an impeachment proceeding against Barack Obama? Was, was his presidency interfered with by the media or anyone else from 2009 to 2016? Of course not. There were obviously those like like in the Republican Party that disagreed with him. Maybe they resisted a little bit in Congress. But even when they did, Barack Obama just came up and said, hey, I've got a pen and a phone. I'll go around Congress. And nobody in the media said, "Uh, wait a second, that's unconstitutional. They just stepped aside. Let the dear leader proceed with his agenda. He's the dear leader. He's the one says here, written by the blogger who was the first to report on the lobbyists who brought us the Tea Parties. Here is a groundbreaking expose of the plans to make America conservative again. You better be warned. We don't want America to be conservative again, said Lee Fang. A field guide to the right dissects the rise of patriot hate groups. Touches on the role of New York City's most celebrated billionaire in financing the fodder for Glenn Beck and Congresswoman Michelle Bachman and exposes how former Bush operatives and current trade association heads have cleverly adapted to crush Obama. Yeah, Michelle Bachman and Glenn Beck had a lot of success doing that, didn't they? I speak as a fool. These people, Lee Fang, I mean, empowered Obama. Of course he doesn't want to go back to 2013 with the Twitter files. He doesn't want to go back to the Arab Spring of 2010 and 11. He's part of the problem. So cover for Obama, and oh yeah, cover for myself as well. Matt Taibbi, this is from 2016. Even Obama's critics will soon have plenty of reasons to appreciate him. Donald Trump may have won the White House. This is right after Trump wins the White House. Taibi, he's the Rolling Stone guy. He's revealed some of the Twitter files recently. He says, even Obama, sorry, Donald Trump may have, the one, may have won the White House, but he will never be a man like his predecessor, whose personal example will now only shine more brightly with the passage of time. He says this about the shadow government currently being run by Barack Obama. It's not even a shadow because he controls, like McConnell said, he controls the White House through the puppet. He controls Congress. He controls the deep state. And Mitch McConnell says, I'm so happy that I've been able to work with Nancy Pelosi and company, with Chuck Schumer. We got everything we wanted. There's your Republican leadership right here at the end of 2022. It says, at a time when a lot of Americans feel like they have little to be proud of, we should think about our outgoing president whose humanity and greatness are probably only just now coming into true focus. It's laughable. It's laughable. He's spearheading Barack Obama. He's spearheading the communist attack on the United States of America. He's at the tip of the spear of the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. And these people. These again, you, you, I, I'm sure Elon Musk doesn't want to send it over to a, a conservative author because then he knows it would immediately be be set aside as right wing propaganda. But even with Taibbi, even with Fang, even with Weiss, are, is are the journalists at MSNBC even paying attention to the Twitter file story? Should have gone with Amanda Devine. Boy, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be interesting? to see how much more. It's been nice to just get a little bit of the tip of the iceberg peeled off so that we can see some of what was going on. The obvious collusion. I mean, even with these swooners, is so obvious there was collusion all through the government with big tech and big media. How much more would have been exposed by someone who isn't just swooning before Barack Obama? I don't have time to get to Barry Weiss, but... Suffice it to say, she has not missed an opportunity to trash Donald Trump. These are all swooners. It shouldn't come as a surprise. I mean, in your heart of hearts, you knew big tech was far to the left, even before you knew about the collusion. But when Hastings in America Under Attack, when he's quoted as saying all of these journalists, all of these journalists, they just would swoon before Barack Obama. He wasn't just talking about the lead writers at the New York Times and the Washington Post. It was all through the legacy media, including big tech, Silicon Valley as well. They all swoon before the dear leader, before Barack Hussein Obama, if you haven't requested America under attack yet. Make sure you call our operators today. The call is toll-free in the U.S. and Canada and the Caribbean. It's 1-866-930-3024. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. Don't forget to send us some feedback, at tdatthetrumpet.com. Thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.